Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. So just so that all of our listeners are aware, we are going to be touching on some sensitive subjects this week. So this is our trigger warning to you as an audience, just in case you are dealing with issues of sexual assault or anything like that, we will be talking about that. So this may be your point to step away from the podcast if you need to. So on this week's show, we are going to be talking about fairy tales, what we think about fairy tales, what we think about how they depict women, do they have a place in today's society, and all of that kind of jazz. That is, you are not wrong. That is the truth. So today we have three wines that we've chosen. Uh, The reason behind this is that we chose two and then realised that neither of them were vegan. So we have bonus third vegan wine. Yay! Or wine Um, that Alex is going to drink by herself. Pretty much. But have drunk, can confirm, is tasty. Um, So the first wine that we chose was a very lovely looking red called stones and bones which we thought had a real sort of fairy tale feel to it it also has one of the best descriptions of wine that i've ever read um for the record my pronunciation of all the portuguese words in this are horrible and alex in particular is probably screaming at me inwardly um being as alex is from a portuguese family Yes. yes. Not just like that. I scream randomly at Kim when I like to. In, in, internally. Obrigado. Ah! <laughs> <clears throat> so, Stones and Bones was grown in a Jurassic landscape littered with ancient boulders and dinosaur fossils, blending terrific Toriga Nacional Central Syrah, spicy Tintorores, and intense Alicante Bouchette produced a truly mammoth wine. A unique experience of dark berry and ripe bramble fruit enveloped in aromatic, smooth vanilla and cedar toast. So that's. So I think we could have probably guessed that wasn't vegan because it mentions being filtered through dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) Would that count, Alex? I have no answer. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really good question, one that we will tackle one day, maybe. yeah for those of us that for those of you rather listeners that want to give us an answer on whether filtering things through dinosaurs is vegan please visit our social media and tell us the second uh wine that we have is the black stump 2017 chardonnay pinot grigio um again the uh label on this is a sort of really twisted cool looking tree and it's very evocative of that kind of don't go into the woods feel of fairy tales yeah um, this is obviously a white wine. The Black Stump Range is handcrafted by John Casella, who practices his art behind closed doors at his family's remote estate. The wine owes its name to an Aussie expression meaning the back of beyond, but its remote origins have not stopped its winning acc- it winning accolades around the world. The lovely wine has a light straw colour with fresh tropical fruit and citrus aromas. Tasty melon, peach and citrus flavours complete the well-balanced palate which finishes with good length and refreshing acidity, a complex wine ready for immediate enjoyment, delicious served chilled, and an ideal accompaniment to seafood, cold meats, and summer salads. We have none of those things, but I'm sure it'll be great. We have none of those things, also no dinosaur bones, so somewhat disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Given that we have both bottles open, I'm going to let Sam decide whether she would like to start with red or white. I'll start with red. That is Mainly, the correct answer. Yes, also because <laughs> the white has not been chilled. <laughs> the white has not been chilled, nor will it be. No. Um, oh, was it? <laughs> Ooh, okay. So 
I have got a bottle of wine that's actually from Argentina. Ooh. Not really known for their wine, I feel. They're red. Yes, they're red. they very yeah. much are known yeah. for Malbec. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you're a white wine drinker, yeah, so you just don't know Yeah, that's probably what this. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is an Argentinian red. It's called Cam- Caminada? Caminada? Close Caminada, enough. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a Malbec and it's from Sainsbury's winemaker selection uh, the grand total of £5 in which I paid um, but the reason I chose it is because the label um, looks very much or it reminds me of the opening of Sleeping Beauty so that was a loose very loose link I think to fairy all, tales they're all quite loosely linked to these wines and essentially we've gone off the labels and the names um, but we did have uh, a wine in minds that we were thinking of using for this podcast didn't we kim we did yeah so there's a wine that's again sold at sainsbury's um that's called a thousand stories and when i first spotted it i was like oh my god that's perfect and it's only 10 pounds this is amazing um turns out 10 pounds was a special offer and it's actually 15 pounds and we're recording this two days before payday yeah so (laughs) so this is what we've got this is this is a peek behind the curtain we went for other wine (laughs) it won't be Um, the five pound bottle instead of the 15 but we but we tried is is the point we did try this this one has flavors apparently of (laughs) it's good that it has flavors yes it has flavors i love wine with flavors uh it's a bold red and it's got a fruity character Uh, Let's just tease. Um, cheers. 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 Oh, <laughs> I should get crystal glasses. Ooh. Oh my god, that's so good. She she chewy. Oh, so good. <laughs> what does chewy mean in terms of wine? I don't think it's a technical term. <laughs> well, I don't understand what you mean. It means I mean full when bodied. I drink full bodied. When okay. I drink it, it makes me want to go. <laughs> <laughs> not just chew nothing in your mouth okay yeah it just me yeah full body i mean i think it's got some ridiculous um rating this one i read on the oh yeah mine's... full bodied e there you go it's the oh, top end oh it's good shit mine is a c oh wow there you go this is just thick yes mine is not chewable apparently okay. <laughs> so the stones and bones that's what we're drinking now um and yeah it's quite quite chewable it's really nice though it's it's I would like fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I do have a cold, so I can't really taste it. <laughs> You're missing out, mate. It's a good thing you have another bottle of this. It's, yeah, true. I'll drink it when I'm snot free. Yeah. It would... I was going to say, you know, it would go really nicely with a nice steak. But actually, oh, this this wine is a meal in itself. And fight me. I don't <laughs> care who says that that's wrong. Right, so that's the stones and bones. Uh, we've got our wine. Should we move on to talking about fairy tales? Yes. Um, so for context to our listeners, we have a bunch of articles that we read in preparation for this because the whole thing about fairy tales is that they change. You're always reading a different version. There are endless, endless sorts. And we're probably definitely going to touch a lot on the sort of Disneyfication of fairy tales. But the aim was to go for more of the... Um, the actual historical fairy tales, the liter- literary fairy tales, because Disney is a whole other beast that we will talk about, oh, I'm sure, mm. at length another time. Um, so the articles in question, we will have links to in the show notes, and we'll try to reference the titles when we talk about them, um, but it's probably just easier if you click on them. They're from all different times, just ones that I found. Um 
really where I want to start with this is are you pro or con fairy tales initially before you read any of the articles before we get into the discussion before I change your mind pro or con for or against I suppose I, I don't think I really had a strong opinion of either way I think I think what's I think what's quite tricky is um like my work is all about storytelling and the roots of storytelling come from fairy tales and folklore and so you know they're they're part of the very fabric of what makes me me so um I suppose in in that sense um I'm pro you say they're part of you mm. what do you think is it just that narrative aspect that we get I, from fairy tales I, th- I think yeah i think it's just i think it's the the history of storytelling and okay. how it's evolved it's it's that aspect as right. opposed to anything in the narrative i see um for me i think there's and then i think this is a semantic difference that people can argue but there's a difference between fairy tales and folk tales and folklore um i love folk stories because they are less in my mind, fairy tales are the Disney type of, hey, happy ending, everyone gets married and all the evil people die. That kind of very straight, very linear narrative that doesn't really have any depth um, or doesn't have as much depth. Whereas I think folklore stuff is a bit darker, it's a bit less censored um, and it tells you more about human nature. I disagree that that is the difference between fairy tales and folklore like I, I definitely see where you're coming from and that certainly you know the disneyfication of things does lend itself to that but i i don't think that fairy tales started as or were ever supposed to be bland and linear no um i don't believe that even the disneyfication of fairy tales is bland or linear i am very pro fairy tale in case that's not immediately obvious <laughs> I love a fairy tale. I love the dark, twisty ones, and I love the, I I love the the fluffy ones too. Um, I don't I don't think that. I don't think that that is the difference. I do believe that there is a difference between folklore and fairy tales. I just don't think that that's it. That's In right. my mind, folklore is more to do with pe- real real people and sort of. I I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to define it. It's undefinable, and I think that the two are. The two are like, a, you know, a tree and ivy. They kind of grow, have grown together and they're separate, but they're the same. And um, Yeah. I, I would agree that they are... It's kind of two... Or not even two sides of a coin, because they're not opposites. But um, I think fairy tales as we know them now are a bit more sterilised yeah. than they were when they were originally told. Like A lot of them were um, an oral tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we've been exposed to as fairy tales is not what fairy tales started as mm-hmm. and i think that's what to me i'm trying to differentiate between is is the kind of fairy tale that we're presented with now which is where you see people think whenever something's described as being fairy tale like a fairy tale romance or whatever mm-hmm. it's just that very fluffy um everything's going to be happy and la 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 like that side of things that's what it's come to be synonymous with mm-hmm. You made an interesting point that I really wanted to go back to because it's something that I really wanted to touch on. Actually, you made a few, but I'm going to start with this one because it directly relates to one of the articles that I sent you the links Mm -hmm. to, which was, I forget which one it was, but it was the one about Princess Diana. 
Oh yes, yeah. Um, yeah. And her life being sold as a fairy. And her life being sold. Well, the thing that bugged me about that. So you said just then um, that fairy tales are synonymous with the happily ever after romance side of things. I I would say now, yeah. So, I, while I don't disagree with you entirely, in this article, it's the one that's talking about Princess Diana, and then it talks about Prince Frederick and Princess Mary of Denmark, and it talks about um, William and Catherine, um, Prince William and Duchess Catherine of Cambridge. In this article, fairy tale isn't synonymous with the happy ending because it's referring to how Princess Diana was living in her fairy tale and that she had like the wicked the wicked prince and the wicked the wicked witch was Camilla and then she had to flee the flee the forbidden castle and all this sort of stuff. And I, I thought that that was really interesting, but slightly irritating because I felt that the word fairy tale then, like, the criticism was they're building up her life to be a fairy tale and it fits perfectly in this narrative of fairy tale. But then the definition of fairy tale changes within the thing, within the article to be one minute is positive, one minute is one minute is negative so you have the positive fairy tale of uh prince william and duchess catherine um and how they're always described as fairy tales and this one of the reasons that i wanted to do this topic because there have been two royal weddings this year um why are they she just did air quotes around royal weddings i don't know because that's what they're called you're not counting eugenie no it's, U- a- it's Eugenie, I think. Oh, I don't give a pronounced. shit. Because um, I am, I am the queen of pronunciation. I mean, it's fucking. It's a stupid name. <laughs> I, I can't listen how you say it. I think it's a lovely name. <laughs> that's always if that's the most controversial thing. I'm yeah, no, say. that yeah, is true. Guys. That is true. Anyway, yeah. So there are these two royal weddings this year. Um, obviously, Meghan Markle and Eugenie and Jack. I want to say his name was Jack Brooksbank. I think no, what's I his don't. name. It's like a big tequila, like oh, probably he's a big tequila. <laughs> he's a big tequila. <laughs> what does he do? He like he's a big tequila. Cuervo? Like was that his um, name? Promotion, like promoter or yeah. I thought that was such a bizarre job to marry into the royal family. More or less Better bizarre that, though, than, than just a- actress and blogger. Yeah. Okay. Fair. My point was that there was the fairy tale, the idea of the fairy tale wedding, are misleading fairy tales are too much pressure because you've got to be in the fairy tale wedding but then diana did that she did the fairy tale wedding and then she got out but i suppose it's because and... it's because fairy tales are about human the, the human condition and like human behavior but obviously like fluffed up or heightened and so we you know as human beings we love and we want romance mm. and we also want to be an individual and in independence and so I suppose it just that fairy tale meant something different for different personalities. Well, I think that's I think that's kind of the the thing that I have about it is that I don't think that fairy tale is synonymous with romance and happy ending, which is my whole point. Really, I think that that is a pressure and a belief that people want to say that fairy tales have, so that they have something to malign. Whereas I think that even in this article by talking about diana by talking about the her fairy tale getting away from the wicked, wicked witch which i don't agree with because i think it's really reductive to to put it in those terms but there is more there is more to fairy tales 
than the wedding, there is also more to fairy tales than even a romance because in my mind, some of the first fairy tales that I think about have absolutely nothing to do with people falling in love. Such as which ones? Such as um, Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first And one. Red Riding Hood. Okay. Have, in my mind, nothing to do. And they are... The three little pigs. The three little pigs. <laughs> I mean... That's a fairy tale. No, The Three Little Pigs is a nursery story. Goldilocks is a... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, and actually that's an interesting point because I just said, oh, it's all about the human condition and actually pigs Pigs. and a wolf, like... The the wolf's a metaphor. Yeah. It's always a a bloody metaphor. (laughs) Well, it's the same with Little Red Riding Hood, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. And there's always a a kind of a moral, I suppose. I think... Not necessarily, but... I think that one of those... That same article, I think it was the same one, was talking about the morality of fairy tales and how they're used to basically reinforce good behavior yeah. and like if you behave in a certain way you and and one of the other ones was talking about that and definitely in terms of feminism and if you behave as the dutiful woman and this and this and this your reward is a handsome prince your reward yeah. is uh, to live in a castle who, who falls in love with you after one day solely on your looks yeah exactly but then that's not true of all fairy tales like you say that's just one reading of a certain set of fairy tales which are often the ones that have been disney-fied that's the thing because yeah. i don't think that that's true even of those fairy tales that no. that she was referencing i don't think that it's i'm not saying that there are not problems with fairy tales believe me mm. i'm just saying that i think that it's it's an easy line to take that fairy tales are all about being pretty and finding a husband. I think that's a really easy line to take and I don't agree with it. I think that it's wrong and I mm-hmm. think that also what's wrong with a bit of fluff? Mm. Occasionally. I don't mean <laughs> this. I don't mean this in the context of all of these fairy tales. But there is an element of it where it's like, well, what is what is bad about wanting to read something with a happy ending? I suppose like stories as well, like, you know, or like any kind of art form are a form of escapism for someone. And so if something is fluffy and has a warm, happy ending, then... (laughs) I that is filth. This is a children's podcast. Oh, I do not want a cold happy ending. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, I literally <laughs> lost my train of thought completely. Sorry. Um, is Sam, strong, coming to that is childhood. a childhood. Diff- that is a different kind of story right there. Um, or, or is it how the original stories went? Why are you talking so high? I don't know. <laughs> um... But yeah, I I suppose there's a form of escapism with any kind of art form. And so um, you kind of want it all to end nicely. But sometimes there is... I'm not sure that everything is about escapism with fairy tales because I think sometimes it's more about addressing things that, in a way, that they can safely be addressed under the veil of metaphor. Yeah, that's true. Um, So uh, what am I trying to think of as an example? So Little Red, Little Red Riding, Riding Hood, yeah, mm-hmm. was the one I was going to come back to. Like the common reading of it now um, is that, and, and even at the, probably at the time, but is that the wolf represents, you know, 
predators, predators, predators and, and, yeah. or you know, don't literal strangers. Wolves. Yeah, or literal wolves. Um, <laughs> not many literal wolves dress up in grandmother's teeth. <laughs> in her teeth. No, the no point she was, specifically the point was he, they were his teeth. That's like a very significant oh, portion yeah, of what they're writing. Oh, it. that was the wrong choice. <laughs> oh, mate. My, oh. what big teeth you have. Have oh, you never read a fucking Granny's dentures in. No. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> But the point was that that was not just a fluffy story about don't go near wolves. It was there was more to it than that, and I think it wasn't. Re- it's not really an escapism kind of story. Like you don't read Little Red Riding Hood to go, oh well, I feel good. I feel much better. There's an interesting point there as well, which is that in one of the articles that we read, like you said, um, it's all about being the dutiful, dutiful wife, dutiful daughter. Be good, be kind, and you'll yeah. win. Little Red Riding Hood gets into trouble by being good and going to give her grandmother biscuits. No, she gets into trouble by going off the path. She's still going to do a good thing. But she gets distracted and is losing sight of that goal that I think is the... Is, is the, the good uh, goal. Is the... Where the wolf comes in and that's where the wolf's able to lure her away because she doesn't keep to that dutiful path. She doesn't just go straight through the wood like her mother told her. She dallies off picking up fucking flowers and then a wolf comes. But doesn't she meet the wood <laughs> doesn't she meet the woodcutter by doing the very same thing? No, as well? the woodcutter just happens to be going by the cottage. I thought I or there he was, was trapping the wolf. Met. Well this is what I mean, like fairy tale like fairy tale have evolved. Like there's some that don't even have a woodcutter and mm-hmm. like little red riding hood either gets eaten or defeats the wolf in some way. So there's the one where smuggling she a shank in her sock gets eaten and cuts her way out, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. yeah, or like you know, roll dull. She uh, whips a pistol from her knickers and shoots mm. the wolf. So there you go. Of course, yes. There's also <laughs> ah pistol pants. There's also the ones where <laughs> the ultimate goal. <laughs> there's also the ones where she was the wolf all along. Oh god! What the, the I lost have not ending. read that. <laughs> Um, it's it's more of a common retelling now, which yeah. is in a lot of stories that I've read. Like, oh, turns out she's the wolf. What is it? And she's got it in for her grandmother, or like metaphorically? No, the the, there's all these stories about people being attacked by wolves, and then she finds out that she is the wolf, and then she's free, and she sheds her red cloak and goes Isn't wandering that what off naked. In, and um, blah, blah. Once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. It, I'm also pretty sure it happens in. Red Riding Hood with Amanda Seyfried. Uh, the, you know, the yeah. Oscar nominated. It wasn't. Uh, I never watched it. It was probably shit. It might have been really good. She's very pretty. That's not... No. Well, <laughs> well that brings me on to another point. Yes. Fairy tales. Why is it always the beautiful people that get rewarded and it's the evil people who are ugly old crones? As an ugly old crone myself, I need to explore this. <laughs> you are not an ugly old crone. There's still time. You are a <laughs> regular... Regular crone. Regular... <laughs> Late twenties crone. Mind you, Miss Samantha did play the fairy godmother. I did play the fairy godmother in Cinderella, and I played the evil stepmother. Yeah, which was ridiculous. Even though you did it really well, much to your dismay, because I hate children and I would happily (laughs) put them in a pie. To your point, I would not eat children. I should clarify that, but pies. Not enough meat. <laughs> not enough meat on them. No, um, to the I point know, though, beautiful, ch- beautiful people being rewarded. <laughs> beautiful people being rewarded. Ugly people being punished. Snow White. Like the whole point is that the queen's pretty hot. It's just that she's not as hot as yeah, Snow White. Yeah, but she's not as hot. This is the Ooh. point. Is it's like if you are the hottest. Yeah, but like Snow that's White's the whole virtue point. isn't in her hotness. Snow White's virtue is in being generally a nice yeah, person. Yeah, but men don't why... randomly stop by a woman who's passed out in the woods and snog her because she looks average. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might. 
They might think she'd like passed out from some kind of like. I don't know. So so Prince Charming was giving a mouth to mouth. Is that what we're going with as the official line on Snow White? No, he was not gonna. <laughs> Actually, that's so rapey. Yeah. Is this just occurring to you? <laughs> yes. This is like also one of the biggest beauty. criticisms. Rapey. Literal oh my rape. God. Yeah. Yeah, in the original story, it's like she has twins while she's um, under the spell because what? he has sex. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. Yeah, it's not great. They didn't put that in. No, no, no. Disney in film. one of the original stories, because there are many. There are many variations. Yeah, there are. Um, but. Not in here. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Holly just chiming in. <laughs> yeah. Um. You're not wrong. Like, yeah, Snow White is prettier, but. In it's fact, still... her beauty is like the entire catalyst for the events of that of that. Um, but then story. it's not beauty that is. It's not beauty that saves the day. It's not beauty that helps her um, live in the woods. It's not beauty. It's not anything. It's that to do with her looks that actually saves the day. The yeah, whole, it's whole such idea a is... key point. Like it's always always the women and the men. Actually, Prince Charming, who very rarely has a name, and it's just Prince Charming. Mm. Um, they are always described in a certain way. There, think, there is no like left to the imagination. Or I've always felt like actually written down. They're kind of uh, most of the time kind of vague. It's like the like, only thing you know side... about Snow White is she's got pale skin, blue eyes, and red lip or black hair and red lips. Yeah, that, like, she sings to birds. Again, not in the not in the not, stories. Not in the original well, stories. Like in the plays main, a key part of Snow White in my mind. In the main, like that's quite vague. That could be anything, and I th- I think that just because Snow White is beautiful, more beautiful than the Queen, it shouldn't be ignored that the villain is also beautiful. That yeah. the villain can be beautiful. The stepmother and the ugly stepsisters quote. I have always sort of felt like ugly was meant to be in reference to. Their personalities. their personalities not their things and it's a it's a funny thing because ugly has often meant that in to the point that like my mum says it all the time it's a phrase that she uses all the time she says oh don't be ugly and she doesn't i hope mean that <laughs> my sister and i are hideous deformed young women it she i am deformed <laughs> Why is it? Oh, I am ugly. And you are ugly. What is this from? Hunchback. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought you just made a musical about, like, (laughs) him being deformed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sorry. It's right. It's fine. Just having traumatic childhood flashbacks. Everything's fine. (laughs) But, yeah, it can't can't be ignored that there are attractive villains and there are attractive um, heroes. The dwarves themselves are good figures, and while I'm not saying that that means that there is anything, you know, that they are unattractive at the times that these stories would have been written, that it that would have been considered a deformity and a negative, and yet that they are still good. They are showing, like, if anything, one of the feelings that I have about Snow White is don't judge a book by its cover. Don't trust. The little old lady offering you an apple. Don't think that the beautiful queen that you're marrying is just going to... Like, because she's beautiful and you're marrying her, she's going to be a perfect mother to your child. No, she will try to kill her and cut her heart out. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a hard... So actually, really, we shouldn't trust beautiful people. Ever. But you're, you're <laughs> talking about... Um, 
So you talk about the dwarves, for example, when you're saying... Who have been segregated are, to the woods. The, the woodland dwarves who go mining and like to sing little songs in Disney versions. But you're saying that, yes, in the context in which it was written, yes, it was uh, a disability... Well, you know, um, dwarfism still technically counts as a disability, I think, but people see it with a very different viewpoint they did when fairy tales were around. Mm-hmm. Um but they don't get a happy ending. They just get a like. They just once they stop being useful to the plot, they're just slung out. Yeah, actually, that's true. I don't know what happens. You, you're to the just dwarves. like, oh, okay, they're just going to keep living in the woods, doing exactly what they were doing at the start of that. They serve no function except as a prop for Snow White. But were they not happy? How do you know? It's never explored. I don't know. To be honest, I I can't remember the last time I actually read Snow White written down and yeah. didn't just watch the film. I'm sure Second that all the BC? yeah. I mean, I'm Maybe. sure that all the fairy tales actually have some kind of roots or grounding in, in like, myth. Yeah, I think some have grounding. In, I think some are a bastardization of mythology that has been passed down. I think some are created to tell a story that needs to be told at the time, or to address mm. a, a fear or a problem. Well, I mean, look at the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Always pay freelancers is the moral of that story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Preach. <laughs> Which um, I can't take credit for that joke. I read it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I thought that was brilliant. That was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So the discussion on like trust beautiful people don't yeah. trust. I but just then, I think it is more complicated than that. But I think rather than it being good people are beautiful, ugly people are bad. That's again a very reductive way of talking about fairy tales, and wasn't quite what I was getting at. It was mm-hmm. more about this representation of the heroine being beautiful. Unless you're talking about something like Hansel and Gretel, in which case you're just talking about children. Um, often you get a beautiful but evil stepmother. Like that's quite a common fairy tale. The wicked trait. witch is a really wicked, evil, but the in... wicked witch is often ugly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, so yeah. with Hansel and Gretel, yeah, they're children. Yeah, but the the wicked witch is, is nasty and lives in a yeah. gingerbread house. Well, but the um, sorry, just the point I'm making is that when you're introduced to fairy tales at young age, and it's something that's talked about in one of these articles, when girls particularly are introduced to fairy tales at a young age, and what you're being told is that the heroine of the story is this beautiful moral creature who behaves this way, then you're already putting on expectations of what good people should be and look like mm. and then that kind of yeah I, d- I have to I d- say I never sorry I never had I never had a feeling about me personally and I can only speak for myself I never had a feeling about the way I ought to look from any of the Disney film stuff and I mean I was raised on Disney any of the Disney film stuff any of the fairy tales of which I love None of those were ever the reason why I felt pressured to look a certain way. I think I felt more pressured to look a certain way by celebrity culture. Mm-hmm. Um, by, you know, the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera's of the world in the in Did the you get 90s. some assless chaps? But, but then you could say... <laughs> you could say <laughs> I was assless, that was kind of the problem. <laughs> you could say that their idea of beauty and society's idea of beauty and the correct way of being completely stems from these mythical tales that are fairy tales folklore whatever you want to call them and then therefore that has grown into celebrity culture 
You I think could. everything's connected, really. You could, but, but most think... of the time throughout history, I mean... Beauty standards have been very different, Beauty's, of course. Exactly yeah, that's exactly I was going to say. Yeah. If they just say beautiful, which most of them do, they say, she was pretty, she was beautiful, she had... She had they she just had cracking tits. <laughs> <laughs> no I, one ever specifies that in a fairy tale. I never tale. that one. Was that, yeah. was that Shakespeare? No, that was the Danny Dyer um, abridged <laughs> edition of Grimm's fairy tales. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> and I think it should exist, Danny Dyer, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think most of the time it is. It a lot of the descriptions very much are. She has red lips, she has things they weren't things about that she or he were, you know, muscular or skinny or had cracking tits. <laughs> it deliberately was just their goodness shone through or nondescript girl goes into the woods. Like, but then the children are not physically described, at least in the versions of the fairy stories that we read, because we yeah. are reading those sanitised ones, and it's weird to talk about how children look, or it's made weird to talk. You know, you know what I mean. There's a subtext yeah, yeah. there that most people want to avoid um, for obvious reasons, but it's still present. It may not be this idea that I don't look like that princess. It's the idea of, oh, if you're not beautiful then you're bad then you're then you're not the heroine i think more yeah okay you're not the the leading you're not gonna have the happy ending you're not yeah the cold happy ending you're not getting any of that it's it's that idea i think that carries through for me not that i go ah i will never end up like mulan running china running it you know sorry i am quite sick um (laughs) i still don't necessarily agree but i I definitely take your point yeah to which i say do you not think then that there is an interesting shift in um from a western read white perspective yeah that the fairy tale narrative is now inclusive of a biracial woman a very beautiful biracial woman. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's getting woman. better in terms of its inclusiveness or diversity. Do you mean Meg Markle? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these people are still stereotypically beautiful, I feel. I just, that's the thing. I don't agree with that because, I, because of what we've said about the fact that they are just described as beautiful and it's your... It's, it's anyone's person as to what beautiful is considered when they are illustrated when they are disnified yeah. yes there is an image there and again i've mentioned that i personally didn't feel that way but certainly i'm sure people did and i i know people who have and who have now gone on to rewrite fairy tales for their own game um a person i know is doing a one person show about i think it's called red hoods and glass slippers um i have i have Kinky. I have not seen it, but I've heard that it's incredible. I've, I've read excellent reviews. And I I mean, I won't speak too much about their own personal things, but in the time that I knew them at school, um, we often would spar about beauty standards because I was, you know, I had long blonde hair and no boobs and no ass, and she, they did not have the same physical attributes that I did and at the time I was probably more conventionally what the magazines were showing than they were um 
and I think that that's really interesting. So I don't I don't want to negate those feelings that people have with relation to the Disneyfication of um, image and the the image pressures. But I I do think that it's not quite it's. It's not quite that blanket and it's not quite that simple. I do think that what we've touched on, which is interesting, is the morality side of things about being good, about being obedient and kind and good, because I think that that is probably a message that I have internalised. And while I don't think for myself, I don't feel like I... I don't feel that it has stopped me from becoming a strong and independent and and gobby shite of a woman... (laughs) I certainly can see how that is uh, reinforcing some negative aspects of femininity that have been used to control us by the goddamn patriarchy. <laughs> I felt cheated that I grew up and didn't have hair like that. So <laughs> I the, only, the only time I ever felt like I was not living up to it was because I have, when I cut my hair short for the first time, because it was shorter than it is now, I was like, but there are no Disney princesses with short hair. And then I was like, Milan does it. It's fine. Actually, that's really interesting because I felt less feminine when I cut my hair slightly shorter. Mm. And I don't know if it is from those kind of Disney or or like I fairy think, tale depictions I think of you can't a real say, like, lady. I don't think you can say it's one thing. like Because we have no. also, like, traditionally in the culture we've grown up in, even in the 90s when short hair was like, cool and fashionable it was sort of very edgy thing to do it wasn't something people did to be like oh look how feminine I am do you know yeah, what I mean it's like I remember thinking it yeah, yeah. A lot, so yeah. I think there's a lot in that but I do think that the, the Disney we, we are talking about Disney a lot but that's obviously a big part of our exposure to fairy tales um, I do think that comes into it when it comes to fem- femininity and what we perceive as being feminine now it's certainly yeah. a big part of the image of it because we we ourselves have read plenty i think between us stories and retellings of Mm -hmm. fairy tales but actually um seeing them on the page not not as many of those are illustrated which is interesting because i certainly think that i know the grimm's stories or the hans christian anderson stories Mm -hmm. but i can't think of their illustrations off the top of my head in the way that i do automatically think of Disney. I mean, but I love Disney. <laughs> yeah. And I and you know, so I am definitely coming from this from a slightly biased things. I recognize the problems that people have with them. But and I rec- and I think that a lot of the criticism is valid, but I also think a lot of it is invalid because I think and in the way that I feel about fairy tales, I think that it is you decide people have decided on the point of view that fairy tales equals pretty people being good and subservient and trying to win a man and therefore equals bad and i don't agree with really any step of that logic but this is what i think is is interesting about that though is because there are so many people out there who have done fairy tale retellings like fairy tale retellings continue to be popular yeah they continue to um be something that people enjoy consuming and want to consume because at the very core of it, there are these stories that are actually reasonably simple in terms of the the narrative, the narrative and, and the pattern of yeah. events. But it can be dressed up thousands of different ways, mm-hmm. and and say different things about the society we're living exactly. in today. And they continue mm-hmm. to be revamped. 
And it's not, I don't think, I'm not saying at any point that I think that fairy tales are bad. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that there are aspects of fairy tales that we need to look at with a critical eye. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well, I mean, this is why I chose it. Before we start talking too much about um, fairy tale retellings, which is a big part of kind of what I want to talk about, it's touched on a lot in the articles that I've linked to. Um, As you said, it's, it's all pervasive. How are we finding the wines that we are consuming? I'm really enjoying this. I'll say the Stones and Bones 2016 Portuguese wine. I think it's cracking. And you know what I really like about it? It's, it is so strong and full-bodied and rich. Yeah. And Chewy. I don't know about Chewy. you. Chewy. I don't know about you, but there is a certain link in my mind from fairy tales to like, with the whole woodland aspect to yeah. a slightly colder feeling like Hansel and Gretel in my mind that they are attracted to the the house because it's cozy and warm and made of candy oh yeah um you know <laughs> a lot of a lot of the scenes that I can think of involve seeking warmth see- seeking comfort yeah and this is warming af warming it's also the kind of wine that I can definitely see an evil queen drinking out of a jeweled goblet 100% yeah 10 out of 10 would drink again 10 out of 10 would dress up stand in front of a mirror ask myself if I'm the first in the land and then guzzle laugh maniacally don't forget the laugh maniacally go and poison a pretty girl come back (laughs) to drink more wine watch RuPaul's Drag Race when you say poison a pretty girl I just like to clarify that we do not actually mean that we plan to poison anyone except ourselves with alcohol obviously not um, so is that a really suck? Obviously not. Drink okay. responsibly. No. Alex, how are you finding vegan alternative? Um, so I'm not a red wine drinker. Usually. I'm shocked. Yeah, you have not got down that very far. Well, also you're sharing a bottle, so you have Fair had point. half a bottle each, and I have no, had no, half no. A bottle. Producer Holly's drinking. Producer Holly is drinking too. Oh, okay. So maybe I've drunk more. Um, it's probably about the same. <laughs> probably about the same. No, it's fine. I. I am partial to the odd red glass, but I find that it just sucks all the moisture out of your mouth. <laughs> That's how I feel about white wine, though. And white wine is typically the one that is classed as dry. dry. Yeah, I feel like this is really dry. I find that... It's like a pear drop. <laughs> like, you know, like you have a pear drop and suddenly nothing <laughs> in your mouth. It's just no moisture. Okay. Um, I look so, forward to how that sounds um, <laughs> on Sorry, that was too much. <laughs> a warm, happy ending. Warm, happy ending. <laughs> um, so I think it's very dry. It's drinkable. Mm. I wouldn't choose to buy it if I was having a glass by myself, but I would share it with friends. Would it go okay. well in food? It would go really well in a, in a vegan spag bowl or a vegan chili, like it says to pair with. It doesn't say label. vegan on the label, but yeah. Well, the wine <laughs> says V and vegan and chili is above, so you know you put them together. You can watch it together. Watch it together. It's fair. So moving on to talk about retellings or going back to talk about retellings. Yes. Um, we have all read, I think, our fair amount or experienced a fair amount yeah, of a fairy tale retellings. Yeah, Off the top of my head, this year I've read Cinder, which is a young adult um, futuristic retelling of Cinderella. It was awesome and i loved it by the same author i have but haven't read heartless which is i think um the story of the queen of hearts before she becomes the queen of hearts i have read i hate fairyland 
um, volume four, which I kind of read out of order, but it's a comic um, about fair- a girl who gets trapped in fairyland. I have read the Hazelwood mm-hmm. just, which was incredible, um, which really is a dark take on a lot of fairy tales and fairy tales and what they mean to people and stuff. Um, I'm sure there's others that aren't immediately coming to mind. Distinctly, I remember that when I was choosing for book club and one of our earlier episodes, Barbara the Slut looking for short stories, I was specifically looking for short stories that were not fairy tale retellings because... Mm, A lot of them are. A lot of them are. No less, you know, the most obvious one that I can think of that I think most people have read certainly I studied it's you know it's the anchor one of the anchors of feminist literature is the bloody chamber by Angela Carter yeah um of which we have two copies in this room at this moment in time Mm. what fairy tale retellings have you read that jumped to mind anything that you so I yeah I suppose oh gosh so many GCSE drama pieces are like like we are gonna retell this fairy tale in like a dark fashion even university Alexander and even university (laughs) that Sam and I definitely did and it's because Um, you know you you sit in front like so fairy tales are reworked with teenagers and young adults so regularly in the same way as Shakespeare is is the sa- in the same yeah. way that Shakespeare is but I think it's just because they kind of they're about childhood and you relate it to childhood anyway like you know these fairy tales that you've grown up with and you kind of go right I'm busting out of this childhood chain <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna like retell this but in my own way and like on my own terms and also you know there's there's something quite exciting about grasping like surrealism mm. but in like a kind of rooted in human human um behavior the human condition yeah like, like yeah. sam said earlier i, I mean it's that actually it i think we well i think we've all said it so many of the stories are rooted in mythology yeah mythology is rooted in, in trying humanity to trying to explain things explain. you said the human condition like it's yeah. all yeah it's all, it's all the same there are there's only like six stories in the world and they're yeah. all just being slightly <laughs> reworked and retold. Is it not? Is it twelve it plot lines? I think that just keep getting retold. Yeah, it's something like it's this. Something like it's that. something like yeah. that. And, but, and so I think that also means that actually, so I watch plays so often, and actually, so without realizing it, I've probably seen retellings of fairy tales about a million times. You've worked on a couple. Haven't yeah, you? I was going to say you've done um, Little Mermaid last year. this year. And you, you do that I, Yeah, I oh, didn't you, work on it. Okay, but, but like. Yeah, involved I was in the building happened. when it was <laughs> happening. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. Wonder you were trying to find someone to be in the cast. Yes, I put yeah. a shout out on yes. Facebook. Exactly. There you go. So you were involved. I have credit. I have credit. Yeah. I helped. That's <laughs> um, what I always say. But yeah, so and um, actually, without the you know the obvious retellings like Little Mermaid, um, I think they're rooted in every story. Yeah. Really, yeah. and I think. I mean, I've read, again, a fair few, but it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes you don't even realise that you're rereading a, a fairy tale retelling mm-hmm. because of this thing of so many of the plots being the same. And it may not even intentionally be a retelling, but um, one of the one obviously I've read The Bloody Chamber, like we discussed, but I haven't re- I haven't read it for years, to be honest. Mm. Um, I have also either been in or have read several plays. Um, one that I was in was Ash Girl, which was about Cinderella. Um let me go. Oh, we move on to other book retellings. Mm-hmm. Can we just touch on because I mentioned it earlier, and it's something that I think I would 
like to talk about because I think you've watched some of it as well um, is Once Upon a Time Once Upon a Time mm-hmm. yeah which is retellings of the Disney ones as well though but yes there is like Frozen is in there yeah and, um, I've, I have not got past it I got to the bit where on. Frozen arrived and I haven't watched it we're since we're Frozen I love that we're just calling the princesses Frozen the Frozen one turns the up in a big blue dress and then it in just all the goes knockoff off. Dress but from there Disney are also course. things I don't remember that at all. but there are also things that aren't Disney in that because Rumpelstiltskin is not in a Disney film no. Rumpelstiltskin is one of the main characters in Once Upon a Time and he's fucking great like Robert Carlyle yeah, is, is amazing in that yeah yeah. Mm. Um, and they retell the story of Beauty and the Beast, but none of that I feel comes at it from a early side could be interpreting interpreting it incorrectly, but it doesn't come at it from a political angle. It comes at it from a different angle of entertainment. Mm. Mm. It doesn't come at it from that performatively antagonistic way of here we're going to destroy all the things you loved when you were a child. Isn't that fun? No, it's not <laughs> that whole hey, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, did you think you liked this? Hey, we're gonna make Prince Charming into a rapist. Yeah, we're going to make you feel bad for liking something. Yeah, and... Because that's how I feel sometimes. But that's how I feel sometimes, is that I I feel like you are supposed to feel bad for liking fairy tales. I, (laughs) I just think that often I feel that it's cool to be negative and it's cool to be like, everything you love is trash. Um, if yeah. you like that, you're wrong. Yeah. Feel that way, you're wrong. Want to get married, you're wrong. Want to have babies, you're wrong. Want to wear dresses, you're wrong. Want to style your hair, you're wrong. Want to wear lipstick, you're wrong. Wear not enough lipstick, you're wrong. You know, it goes on and on and on and In on. In every and on. generation, it is cool to shit on the stuff that came before you. Yeah. Because it just is. That's how you assert your identity as a person of the um, and yeah I think there is quite a lot of that around today in terms of certainly when it comes to things like marriage not a lot of people want to do it um, and almost it's, it has reversed where you're shamed if you're the person that wants that and does want that mm. and Quote, and then you say ever after. and then you say well no I do want that and I goes, that's because you've been brainwashed by Disney yeah, I'm like go fuck yourself <laughs> I think I have the ability to think beyond the one facet of my childhood like I didn't just watch Disney and that was it I watched Disney and I experienced the real world and well as as real as a you know, middle class white suburbia can be um, <laughs> my life was so real man my life was super I was in Henley I was on the streets <laughs> every day no um, but you know I, I read I I I read widely. I have experienced a fair amount of stuff. I'm not just entirely defined by the fact that I watch Disney. That's not the only reason why I think one day I might like to get married and it does not make me a bad person to want that. It certainly does not make me a bad feminist to want that. No, and as we we discussed very briefly in the break that we had, Mm -hmm. there's this idea of um, demonising things... um, like demonism if you like fairy tales you must be a bad feminist and it's like well actually the entire point of feminism is choice and having the choice to enjoy and do what you want and if you want to wear makeup wear makeup if you don't want to shave your legs don't shave your legs if you like that's the whole point if you want to get married do if you don't don't fine and it's giving people giving women that opportunity and that's if you can enjoy disney and go yes that is something i want and that's fine but you can also watch disney and go no i don't think i want that like yeah, absolutely. There are so many things in Disney that I watch and I'm like, no, I don't no, need that. I don't, I, I don't want. I don't want to be um, hunted by a wicked witch. I don't really want. I would lions prefer not in to. my house. <laughs> yeah, no, I would. Prefer, I want hygiene, and I want 
<laughs> electricity and um i would however like a chameleon buddy like i, w- I do want a sassy animal oh, sidekick yeah. yeah sassy animal sidekicks so um we'll go back to the wine that we've just opened in a sec but mm. um the beckdale test which mm. is the is it for anyone bechdel I, I always I, I always say bechamel and then go no that's the, the zoe bechamel test Oh, no, but um, that's the source, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, suddenly was like, have I been also taking the piss out of myself in the wrong way? <laughs> but um, this is a standard which I think is generally films, but also I think it applies to any kind of um, media, is measured by. But yeah, so this thing of uh, Be- Bechdel, Bechdel, Be- Bechamel test <laughs> being a standard by which two women, more than two women, I think it is, talk yeah, women, yeah. Um, a certain length of time about something that isn't about men. Yeah. Um, and one of the Disney films that one of the only Disney films that measures up to that standard is uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Interesting. Because of the I bit. Didn't know because that. of the um, fairy godmothers. Yeah. Ah. Flora, fauna, and Merryweather. <laughs> Uh, before we get on to more retellings, yes. can we discuss, we have just opened the second bottle of wine, which is the Black Stump Chardonnay Pinot Grigio, mm, and normally I do shy away from a Chardonnay, I'll be honest. I normally yeah, shy away um, from white wine, except when I'm on this podcast, apparently. True. <laughs> we're in the in, red, me, we're red. In so the instance of being fair. We're broadening your horizons. Mm. So this is meant to be melon, peach and citrus. As mentioned, I'm full of snot and can taste absolutely nothing. What do you find, Kimberly, in this wine? I don't know, because normally when I drink white wine, it's pineapples. So we'll see. Does it taste like pineapples? Tastes like wine. Ooh. Ooh, just thinking. <laughs> oh, drinking again. Back for seconds. Can't be awful. Melon. Hardcore melon. It does melon. say melon on the tasting notes. Hardcore so, melon. Yeah. Yeah, hardcore. it's real. It's very um, honeydew. So back to retellings after the brief interlude that we had there. The wine interlude. Um, the wine interlude. The best kind of interlude. Uh, first of all, I'm actually really enjoying this. I didn't get to say that because I was too busy trying to decide what kind of melon it was. <laughs> um, the red or the white kind? The white kind. The white kind. It's not. It's not a watermelon taste. No, it's... I, but it's that. I think it's or orange. There, that's orange. orange. That yeah. orangey one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that. a melon connoisseur. Um... <laughs> <laughs> if you know the orange melon, <laughs> please get in touch on Twitter because apparently we are shit at fruit. <laughs> oh dear. And also, like the, the like the vegan can't even tell you what kind of fruit it is. It's just the orange one. It's because you mainly just eat hummus. Yeah. You also can't taste it. <laughs> and crisps. And like, crisps. <laughs> hummus and chipsticks. Yeah. That's literally what I ate today. Good. Cool story, bro. Yeah. Um, it's not a retelling, though, is it? <laughs> Put that in the form of it's a... It's a retelling of what she ate today. <laughs> Fairy tale retelling. Little Red Riding Hood looked in the fridge and saw that it was bare, so she skipped off with a basket through the woods to go and get some hummus. Little Red Riding Hood, not that many books. I can't think of a Red Riding Hood book other than i'm pretty sure there's one in that cinder there were a lot on that list you sent us there were about six or seven well i say a lot but it was a list of a hundred and it was broken down into different sections so were there any on the list were there any have there been any fairy tale stories or retellings that you read first as a retelling because one that i did was i read 
Um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of her name again because that's just the theme of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Owen Yoan Ivy's The Snow Child. Mm-hmm. It's like E-O-W-Y-N or something. And I'm I, I'm so sorry because I did once look up how to pronounce your name and I can't get it right. I think it's pronounced Eugenie. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, well played. <laughs> um, oh, I love that. That's <laughs> good. Um, yeah, so The Snow Child. I read it a few years ago. My mum bought it for me because it had a really pretty board and my mum's a sweetheart. And it was... I read it and I didn't realise that it had existed as a story before then, but it's a traditional... It is a, it is a traditional fairy story about this child that sort of appeared to this family in the wilderness um, Mm. as if she was made from, they made a snow, they made a snowman, snow child, and then she became flesh and they adopted them. Um, And then in the story that I, in, in the book, spoilers, she turns out to not have been made from snow and there is nothing magical about it. And she was just a child that had, her parent had died in the woods and Mm. she was sort of feral. Um, And it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful book, but I had never heard that story before. And I thought about this a lot when Frozen came on the scene because I had a vague knowledge of the Snow Queen, but really I'd never read the Snow Queen. And obviously Frozen is very far removed from the original, even the not original, but common story of the Snow Queen. But I had never really experienced it. When I think Snow Queen, I think Lion, Witch and Wardrobe, yeah. which isn't, which isn't, true which well which isn't the story of the snow queen yeah so were there any that you read that you did not know about before you read the retelling the only one which the reason i was clicking through the book while you were talking just then is Mm -hmm. because the only one that i had actually never read before or never heard before to my knowledge was bluebird um which meant the bloody chamber was um the first time that i'd experienced it and i didn't actually realize the the story itself up until the last few years i don't think it has been told widely and then crimson peak i don't know if anyone saw I that not watched film it yet. no the guillermo, guillermo del toro tom hiddleston and um uh mia even, i think mia i think 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 but and then, like I Pan's mean, Labyrinth, that, oh, mind you, that might be, I don't I know if that's, that's actually But then Shape of Water is yeah. a Beauty the Beast dish, isn't it? So, yeah. And um, the Orphanage. But so familiar. Crimson Peak is is very much a Bluebeard tale. And... Mm. I need to watch this. Um, you know, I think with, Netflix. with elements, but it's a Bluebeard tale. And um, I think now it's being told more like... But why do you think that there was that big gap? Because I don't know when that gap began or when it ended um what do you guys think do you you think there's a reason why i think it's just because we've been so like in terms of us growing up this is not a story that makes it into a lot of children's anthologies no um because it is quite a bloody story it's very much about murder um and it's more i I, i'm not 100 percent sure on the origin of bluebeard or not the origin the original origin, but I don't know if it's one of the Grimm's fairy tales. Is it one of the Grimm's fairy tales? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. Um, I, I never I remember I reading it in a Grimm's book that I read when I was no. younger. But yeah. 
So I think it's one of those ones that falls out almost outside the canon of fairy mm. tales that we yeah. know and um, have been exposed to. And I think it's because of the content. I think it's one that was not bowdlerized, was not um, edited in that way. Because it wasn't for children. Because it wasn't for children. Mm. And one of those articles that you sent, sent the thing originally saying that folklore and fairy tales were not originally meant for children. So, you know, we tell the stories of Hansel and Gretel as a warning to, you know, look after your children and, and look after yourself. <laughs> don't fling them in the woods. Don't, just don't or go if you're eat. A child, don't, don't go yeah. in someone's house. Don't <laughs> eat my belongings. You know what? It's rude. <laughs> it's rude. It makes you a bad house guest. It does. I'm no sorry I came and chewed that coaster that time. You bitch. <laughs> it was my favourite coaster. <laughs> Do you know I used to eat beer mats as a kid? Did I you? think I did know that because I was thinking of the did same conversation that we had that. I don't know. I just used to. I think I used to actually suck them and then bite them. I said I used to eat Since dog biscuits, and then oh, we yes. had a whole conversation about yeah. dog biscuits. Yeah, yeah. dog biscuits. So you anyway, didn't even have dog out of cardboard. I started early, mate. Started early. <laughs> okay, guys, you mean to go on? Anyway, anyway, yeah. So I think I think that there is there there must well there not must be but it seems likely to me that there is some moral in Bluebeard some. It appeals to some inner fear or whatever that that we're tapping into now that we weren't necessarily tapping into. And whether that is because of the gore or because of marriage or I don't know what it could be. So we've talked a bit about fairy tales. We've kind of left that in the dust because I think that not all of us have read the same things. But I I do think what we've talked about is really interesting. But in terms of the fairy tales that we have read or experienced... I certainly don't get the feeling that either of you are averse to fairy tales. In, no. the, in the grand scheme of things, I think that, you know, we all have a, f- a certain familiarity with them. You have mentioned Once Upon a Time, which I also think is a great show. Yeah. You mm. obviously have mentioned the theatre. I've mentioned my, my great love of fairy tales in general. Do you have a favourite? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, see, I find it difficult because in when I think of stories, traditional stories that I love, I don't think of fairy tales, I think of myths. Yeah, I always that's come true, back to myths, too. and I don't know what it is about them. I don't know whether it's the god as not god aspect, but the aspect of the god supreme power, uh, supreme power. And there's something about that that I love, especially the Greek myths, because of this idea of them being human and very um, people with flaws. So when it comes to fairy tales, when I'm reading about people with flaws, I'm like, yeah, but everyone's fucked up. Like that's the mm. thing. Um, but I think probably my favourite. I- well, it might be Little Red Riding Hood because mm. it's not about romance it's not about someone getting married and those kind of the fairy tale endings as we discussed earlier aren't really my jam yeah yeah what a about you what about you Alexis do you um, have a favourite fairy tale I mean like I and like what's weird is we talk about the genre of fairy tale and we couldn't quite describe what it was mm. and actually I know numerous new fairy tales that mm. I really enjoy because they're magical and they're about you know humanity and um just emotions and everything and so i still can't define what that is and i do love new fairy tales that come out mm-hmm. um i think maybe in terms of the traditional uh, maybe hansel and gretel mm-hmm. um again because it's not kind of the fuzzy love um but it's about you know love in a sense that sibling love yes um kind of 
is is the fighting force um and also the fact that gretel is quite ballsy and yeah. she you know puts the witch in the oven she's more instrumental to the witch's downfall almost than than has what well, she Ex- is yeah exactly yeah. and um I, I i just kind of i am on their side continuously regardless of their flaws mm. um and i also love a gingerbread house he does. <laughs> i mean that's when like visually it's, it's quite win, fun it's yeah my um my favorite fairy tales tough one i my favorite disney film that's a different question is a different question mm. and that's always sleeping beauty and i love it and it's beautiful but it's not my favorite fairy tale because it's i can't as fuck. well yeah i can't separate <laughs> well i can but i don't separate the original mm. story you know all the stories that you hear of the dark sleeping beauty i, mm. I find so much less appealing for obvious reasons so but i am a big fan of of cinderella I think that I have always disagreed with the idea that she's just waiting around for someone to save her. And I think that she goes through a hell of a lot and stays true to herself. And I think that that, I've always found that really admirable. Um, So my question is, and I've kind of already answered this because I have already mentioned it. Um, Mm -hmm have you would do you have you read a retelling of your favorite fairy tale and would you want to now i have because i mentioned that i read the awesome cinderbur marissa mayer in which cinderella is a futuristic cyborg <laughs> oh i love doctor who that would be so <laughs> it is excellent she doesn't at least her shoe her foot falls off. Oh, because she's made like... Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. I mean, that's going to be a lot less tricky to find someone without a foot than to find a shoe that fits. <laughs> it's excellent. It's Phony amazing. imprints, charming. Uh, no, to be fair, I've not read one that I was like, oh my God, that was the best retelling of Little Red Riding Hood I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, yeah, I, I've, I've got so many fairy, like half-baked fairy stories in the back of my head in terms of ones i've read from czech culture from cornish culture which is its own entire thing yeah um you should read diving bells okay good is it got selkies in it yes good pretty sure um but like that kind of thing that i'm like i could easily have re- read a retelling of the fairy story and not even clocked the yeah. fairy story mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's the thing i think i've probably read so many retellings of fairy stories like we spoke about how there's really actually like 12 core stories mm-hmm. um and I, I am not adverse to hearing them all. Good. So you would be, you'd be open to it. <clears throat> I'd be open to it. That's, so open. Thus <laughs> ends our discussion. Thus ends. Well, it is a fairy tale episode. I think a little bit of flouncy language is allowed. And they lived boozily ever, ever after. after. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. On that note. What would we give the wines that we are drinking? So, Alex, we'll start with you mm. because you have been guzzling your one bottle of super fancy label wine. Super fancy um, label wine. Uh, what would you? How would you review it? What would you give it out of our grape culture grape rating? Where would you go? I think if you were a lover of red wine, <laughs> I I think it's reasonably tasty. I think um, it's good value, and um, I would drink it again if I was sat by a fire. 
and I wanted some warmth in my belly. What fairy tale would you be reading? Hmm? Rumpelstiltskin. Nice, nice. Today I'll be baking. <laughs> yeah, that With some homemade baked goods to okay. hand as well. I'm. I would give it. Uh, we're out of five. Out aren't five. We? You mm-hmm. can do halves. You can't do point two five. Okay, <laughs> I. It's hard because I'm not a red wine drinker, but I'm gonna give it a three. Oh, that's quite high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Kim, what did you think of the Stones and Bones 2016 Portugal uh, wine? I fucking loved it. It is everything that I like in wine. It Mm. is red, for a start. (laughs) It is heavy and comforting, and it kind of... It fills... It envelops you and... and My tender buyer. Yeah. Yeah. It had like a hint of spice to it, but it was mostly, it does that lovely thing that I love when red wines do where you taste butter right at the back of your mouth. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> right, Hannibal, calm down. I just, yeah, uh, five grapes out of five. I absolutely loved oh, it. Wow. Would, would, would Stones and Bones again. Good. I'm um, really sad that this isn't vegan friendly. I yeah, yeah I mean, also I'm a bit drunk, so I'm <laughs> okay. So the generous. five might be, you know, a little bit generous. Yeah. yeah. Ask me again after the hangover. Okay. Um, we'll see how you feel tomorrow. But for me, yeah, the stones and bones again, like Alex. I would not say I'm a traditionally red wine drinker. I would normally go for white or rosé uh, because I'm a white girl in my twenties. And uh, whereas Kim is apparently a white girl in her forties, um, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, I'm kidding. But um, no, this was very drinkable. I would, I have another bottle of it, and I'm very pleased about that. Um, it was very rich. It was again very full-bodied and chewy, as you mentioned. Um, and I did get that kind of buttery taste. The that you best mentioned. thing buttery about buttery biscuit wine. base. Yeah, I got that. Um, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Nice. Wow. nice. That is, again, very Good high. Good wine. So we'd definitely recommend that. Stones yeah. and Bones, if you want to send us any more, please get in contact. Please at Grape do. Culture Podcast on Twitter. Do you want to repeat that? Because I interrupted you. <clears throat> no. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you'll hear at the end of the show. Okay. Good. Um, and the Black Stump, which is the Chardonnay Pinot Grigio we've been drinking. What did you think of this? I did not think that it was a... Bertie Bassett fucking me with his large licorice cock, as one reviewer said on Vivino app. Um, I didn't feel very licorice or cocky at all. <laughs> licorice or cocky at all. Oh, hilarious. I see. I'm obviously I'm the reverse of you guys. I'm not a white wine drinker. Mm-hmm. I am very much a red wine drinker. Um, and as we established from last week's podcast, most of the time when I'm drinking white wine, I'm just like pineapples. Tastes like pineapples. But this is this is orange melon. This is orange melon, and it Honey is. Honeydew or the other one? It is <laughs> lovely. Um, I agree with the label that it should be served chilled. I mean, shockingly enough, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would probably not choose to drink it as a rule. I wouldn't serve it to the fussiest of white wine drinkers, aka my mother. But I would buy it if I was having you guys around for dinner. So I'm gonna give what? it. No, no, no. So because... your mum gets the good stuff, and we oh, get the shit. Get the shit. <laughs> my mum likes strictly Pinot Grigio. Okay, She's right. vaguely okay. allergic. To I'm salmon. I'm a Pinot fan. I am. A Pinot I fan. think that I would serve it to people if they were coming around to dinner and they were not my mum. 
This is a nice I'm summer wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to give it like a three and a half grapes. Which for a white wine from Kim is quite yeah, high. That yeah, that's very basically high. as high as you're going to get unless yeah. it's champagne. So good. Champagne! Again, I'm just repeating the last word that someone said. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, for me, um, I did enjoy this. It, despite it being slightly warm because I walked here and did not chill it on the way because obviously I don't you carry a fridge ice on my back. In it? Yeah, I know, but that was a while ago and it's gone now. My mm. point that I was trying to say... Apologies, Sam. ...is that even though it wasn't chilled, which is no slight on the hostess, it just didn't go in the fridge because we were going to drink it too quickly, mm. um, it was still really nice. And for a white wine, I think that's fucking high praise, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to give this a four. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Generous so today. obviously this week there's no rating for books because we didn't read a specific book we were mostly reading um these articles which we didn't even reference back to that much but <laughs> they're still they i think they informed our discussion more than we maybe let on yeah um so they will be linked in the show notes so there's no specific books that we want to rate out of five but some shout outs quickly to a couple that we mentioned um mm-hmm. which was Azure Carter's the bloody chamber which i think that we have you know good things to say about yep. The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert, which I have nothing but good things to say about. Seriously, that book. Um, the Girls at the Kingfisher Club by Genevieve yes. Valentine. I'm who very has excited a to read that. Name. Genevieve Valentine, I really hope it's her real name, but I don't I, think Yeah, no, it must be a pseudonym. And um, Cinder and Heartless by Marissa Mayer, mm-hmm. which were, oh, Cinder I've read and it's excellent. Um, really good fun. Any others that we mentioned and forgot to say now? Um, TV show once upon a time. Go and watch it if you haven't, and you love yeah. fairy tales. Um, yeah, excellent. And Crimson Peak as well with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. And plays that unfortunately have gone by because plays <laughs> only last. Them. They're not there. Yeah. But the, shout the, out the to all. Time. Yeah, shout out to all those for informing our discussion. We yes. really enjoyed. Thank you. And let's not them. forget the three big G's of fairy tales: the Brothers Grimm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hans Christian Andersen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Charles Perrow. Yeah, quite right too. Who have written the versions that many of us know and love? Shout out! Yeah, Cheers. you're dead, but shout out to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that. Enjoy your dead death. white guys need our support. Dead <laughs> white guys. Remember, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at Great Culture Podcast, or head over to our website, which is www.greatculturepodcast.co.uk. You can listen to the podcast on there every two weeks, or you can download it on SoundCloud or iTunes as well. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye.